Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, December 17, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY, or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We had, in the business, what we call a nothing burger day. Let's cut right to the chase and go to an intraday 15-minute chart. Here's the first 15-minute candle of the day. Made a high of $320.25. The low of the day happened to be, in the last candle of the day, 319 48. Now, if you're in the numbers business like I am, and if you do the actual math, it's 77 cents from high to low. That equates to less than eight S&P points. Here's the point. The market didn't do anything today. Nothing happened. Doesn't mean there's not information, but as far as today goes, nothing happened. What about the actual information? So here's an hourly chart, and the market is doing the same thing it did yesterday. Other than the gap up Monday morning, it basically went sideways all day. Went sideways all day again today. So what's it doing? Under normal garden variety market conditions, it's building energy to make another run higher. However, let's talk about that for a moment. What do we have on the board? What's in front of us? A, we're already at, we hit a big fat round number. Markets don't typically just waltz right past big fat round numbers. 3200 ES, which is the futures contract, 3200 has been hit, it's been tested, it has not been breached by very long yet. Under normal garden variety market conditions, you have some kind of a pullback when you hit these big fat round numbers. We haven't had a pullback yet. That's interesting. That's bullish in and of itself. Why? Because there hasn't been a rejection. If a market gets rejected at a specific spot, after the fact, obviously, it becomes obvious that spot was important. We can use that information later more often than not. When a market doesn't get rejected, it's telling us something different. It's telling us the number that we're watching, in this case, the big fat round number, isn't really all that important just yet. So in that case, it's really one of two things. The market's eating time off the clock before making another run higher, or the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew are simply lulling everybody into a false sense of security, and then they're going to pull the rug out. Which one's it going to be? Well, we don't know which ones are going to be in advance, but what we can do is identify early enough which one's taking place. What about the North case? If the market's going to make another run higher, how do you identify, how do you at least try and solidify the fact that the run higher is taking place? You have to get above the recent highs. You have to get above there on an hourly closing basis. So for example... Today's high, we talked about it before, 320 and a quarter. You've got to close above there on an hourly basis, and then they'll take another leg higher. A little bit of short covering will ensue, some panic buying, and the market will shoot higher. How much higher? Not that much higher. That's the problem. Is there 20 S&P handles on the upside? Is there maybe 30 on the outside? That's my take. In my humble opinion, I'm in the camp, there's not that much upside left in the market before we have a real pullback. 
a correction that we can call a correction, something more than 1% or 2%. I'm pretty steadfast in that. I'm standing by that concept that even if the market hasn't topped yet, it will top not too far from where we are, somewhat of a 60-degree wedge, if you will. If you're not familiar, what's a 60-degree wedge? For the golfers in the group, they understand it's not that far away. You can't hit a 60-degree wedge that far. For the non-golfers, it's basically not that far away. It's a chip shot. What if I'm wrong on that? What happens if the market just blows up to the upside? Well, inside the numbers members, in real time, we'll have that information. We'll be able to identify certain numbers that if they just get above, they're going to another number. I have those numbers. Inside the numbers members will have those numbers. They always have those numbers. What about the south side? What's the first order of business for the Bears? What do they need to do to light the match? It's simple. They need to get into no man's land. Where is no man's land? They need to get below and they need to start closing hourly below yesterday's opening range low. 319.17 is the number. If that does take place, you can already see the setup. The 20-period moving average will be right around that price. And just as a general rule, if the hourly chart begins or starts closing below the 20-period moving average, you'll have some sellers begin to get interested and hop on board. Not saying that's right, not saying that's wrong, just saying that'll happen. Let's toss a short hop out there and talk about something that we wouldn't necessarily cover in great detail, but I want to make a point We talk about symmetry. In the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, I discuss symmetry and how to use symmetry to our advantage. doesn't matter whether you're looking at an hourly chart, daily, weekly, monthly, 10-minute. makes no difference. I teach how to use symmetry, and I teach how to use it with numbers. But this is a little bit of a different twist, but it falls into the symmetry department. It kind of has a symmetry skew to it. If you look at the market like this, if you just take it from this concept and they've been doing what I like to call and what other traders would call a stair-step routine on the way up. So we had some consolidation and we drive higher. Consolidation, drive higher. Consolidation, drive higher. Consolidation, drive higher. So conventional wisdom would say, here's the next consolidation. What comes after that? Drive higher. But here's the other part of that equation. It's not a secret. I've said it before here. I'm telling inside the numbers members on a fairly regular basis that we're looking for a top. And we've been through this many times before, whether it's a top or a bottom. I sound like a fool for a few days. People think I'm dead wrong. And then all of a sudden you turn around and somehow by the sheer magic of things, I turn out to be right. More often than not, not every time, but more often than not. And I don't know anything different than anybody else. I'm just looking at the charts. I'm assessing the situation. I'm throwing in the fact that I've been doing this for a long, long time. And I understand that the same thing doesn't just continue on and on and on indefinitely. All tops come to an end some way, somehow. So here, right in front of us, we have a set of stairs. At some point in time, the set of stairs will blow a hole in it. Somebody's going to put their foot through one of the steps. And instead of what we discussed before, which is a run higher, consolidate, run higher, consolidate, 
eventually it's going to fail. And instead of the run higher, the same energy that's pent up in the market from eating time off the clock. That's the consolidation part of things. The same energy that's pent up. It's like a spool of tightly wound whatever. It's like a spring-loaded whatever. It has to get released one way or the other. So if it's not going to go in the northern direction, it gets released down south. So eventually that's going to happen. The trick of it is, can you identify them often and early? What do we have when we throw the ball over to Camp IWM? Well, what's interesting is, again, it's not able to continue to make or it's not able to make a new high. So four sessions ago, including today, the IWM made what is today a standing high. That's interesting as compared to when you compare and contrast the other markets. For example, the SPY or the triple Qs, for example. Here's the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Made a new high yesterday, not today. So you can see the disparity or divergence between the IWM and some of these other markets. Now, it's not a big deal. We're not making a federal case out of it. But I like to look at the finer points. I like to look at things that other people aren't typically looking at. They're usually good for a clue or two. While we're at it, here's the SPX, which is the S&P Cash Index. Again, new highs, but not in the IWM. Here's the NYSE Composite. It's a broader index than the Dow, certainly. Again, new high yesterday, different than the IWM. So, if in fact the IWM is my favorite market leading indicator, that is a fact. But if it's going to be a leading indicator this time, is it telling us something that has been happening over the last couple of days and will materialize or really morph into something different over the next couple of days? It's certainly possible. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. But at the same time, we have to have an awareness What's the awareness this time? The awareness is on the daily chart, there's absolutely nothing technically wrong with this market. When a normal person, not me, but a normal person looks at this chart, all they say is it's in an uptrend. They don't give a hoot about the new high and not new high from within the last few days. It matters when your life revolves around numbers and charts. It doesn't matter when you're just looking at the market saying, was it up or down? Here's a weekly chart, by the way, of the IWM. Let's give the bull case and let's have another awareness or understanding. Let's say the end of this week, the IWM closes above last week's high. Is that bullish or bearish? The answer is obvious. It's a rhetorical question. That's obviously bullish. What would be the read on that? Why would they want to do that? Obviously to go higher, but where would be the destination that they're really going? Well, here's your breakdown candle high. Can they get all the way up there in a hurry? Not likely. Can they get all the way up there? Absolutely. That's what they're working toward right now. Until and unless they hit a bus, that's the objective. Now this is a weekly chart, so there can be a multi-week sell-off, and they can take another ride higher. I'm not saying that will happen. We're just looking at a chart and conceptualizing things that are taking place currently. However, if there's some kind of reversal and things change, things change. That's why we think on our feet. That's why we make decisions in real time based on the feedback that the market is giving us. We take our bias, we check them at the door, 
You know why? Because if you have a bias, it's a recipe to lose money. That had nothing to do with the IWM whatsoever. That just is garden variety, realistic thinking. How about an intermission real quick to take a look at stocks on the move? There's no chance I can leave this one alone. We're not going to talk about everything. I'm not going to even run through all the notes from inside the numbers. We're just going to do this and it'll become obvious why later. CLVS, entry number one, $10.74. Please take note of it. Here's an intraday 15-minute chart of CLVS. Low of day right out of the chute, 945. This is the 930 to 945 15-minute candle. Low of day, $10.60. High of day, $12.29. What's that? like 13, 14%. That's a home run. It's a bomb. It's what we call in the business a TRFB, three-run freaking bomb. If you're new here and you're seeing something like this for the first time, please go back and watch other videos if you think this is an anomaly. It's not. We do this over and over and over again. If you want to do this together, come over to Inside the Numbers with me. Go to the homepage, My Strategic Forecast, find inside the numbers, email me. You can find it if you want it. They certainly don't all work out like this. However, some do. In the course, I teach traders how to benefit, how to turn trades like this into risk-free, emotionless trades so that you can get the biggest ride out of it, get the biggest bang for your buck. You take some profits, you let the rest go, can't go against you, can't go negative, it's only a free ride. This is also one of the stocks or one of the trades that we lump into the category of redonkulous. How do you pick off low of day by pennies and rip higher by 13 or 14%? Nobody does that. Yes, they do. We do that. Again, not every time, but this happens. You've seen it before. This is just one of those whoppers. Maybe the term is blockbuster. Is it a whopper or is it a blockbuster? Let's take a vote. All right, enough with the commercial. I get it. How about the VIX? We've been talking about, we always talk about the VIX down around and below 12, especially at 11 or 10. But right now we're focused on 12. Drop below 12 yesterday, hanging around 12 today. Now, we know this also. If in fact, it just eats time off the clock and hangs around 12 for another several days. What's the likelihood that it's going to go lower or higher after that? That's the issue. So we have to watch closely. If in fact it does go lower, this trader, meaning me, would be willing to continue collecting the VIX at lower prices. Can it go lower? Yeah, if you get a run higher in the market, in the stock market, it can certainly go lower. Can it go much, much lower? It can go to 10. It's been there before. It's dropped below 10. It can go to 11. However, what's the risk in the VIX right now? To the downside or to the upside? Meaning, if you were on one side or the other, who's got more upside in the cards? So the risk is being short or not being long the VIX. I'm not saying risk is not being long. It's opportunity cost. But the risk is to the upside. There's a lot of room to the upside. There's not a lot of room any way you want to look at it to the downside. Now, if a trader thinks that the S&P 500 is going up 
two, three, four hundred more points, then yeah, the VIX is going to be at eight or seven or nine or whatever the case is. But this trader doesn't think that's the case. This trader would think that's a case of hopium. How about the transports? My second favorite market leading indicator. And you know what? This trend line is bothering me because I don't think it's as important as I did last week. What is it that I think is important? How about that gap that was hit today? The gap, 10,946.51. Today's high, 946.93. And the pullback, pretty slick stuff, isn't it? So they filled the gap and they can't or didn't yet close above the high of the breakdown candle. Which high is that? This candle from the 2nd of December. The high is 10,937. They went up to fill the gap and closed below the high of the breakdown candle. Now, here's the issue. Issue for bulls, issue for bears, depends on what side of the coin you're on. But here's the thing. You're above all the moving averages. That can't be bearish. It just is what it is. So far, you've made a series of lower highs. So already you have a couple of things that diverge from each other. The transports are nowhere near the same relative level that the major indices are. The S&P, the Qs, anything else you want to look at. Everything else, the chart looks different than the transports. The transports are absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, my number one favorite canary in the coal mine. Sometimes we would like the canaries to fly a little faster, to play out a little more quickly than they do. They take time. Nobody who is a long-term market participant in any way, shape, or form, whether it's through a pension plan, a 401k plan, a direct investment plan, trading, whatever it is, most people want the market to go up. So everybody's cheering higher prices. We know the reality, it just doesn't work like that. But that also is part and parcel to the reason why you hear the term from time to time and you hear it from me, you hear it from other people. It's hard to kill a bull. So the market will turn, it never feels the way you want it to feel. You know what I like to say, when it feels really, really right, you're generally wrong. And when it feels really, really wrong, you're probably right. What about the cues? Anything going on in the cues? Up 12 cents today. Can we make anything out of that whatsoever? I can't even make a mystery soup out of that. We'll just move it along. The financials. Anything wrong with the financials? Absolutely not. In a very strong uptrend, we are at a very critical area. We'll discuss that more once the month of December closes out. It's a monthly chart that's ultra or uber important right now. On the daily chart, it's in an uptrend. Whether we have some pullbacks, whether we have a little correction or not, remains to be seen. However, for argument's sake and rounding purposes, we're just going to say if the XLF or as long as the XLF remains above 30 bucks, all is well. How about the SMH, good old smash mouth, anything doing over here? Nothing. Same as the Qs. It's just a grind higher. It's overbought. But we know there's no measurement for overbought. So who's to say it can't stay overbought for another several days? It can. Will it? We don't know. But this is what we have today. You can't buy it up here. We're just stating the facts. I'm being an umpire calling balls and strikes. It looks like it wants to go higher. It's in an uptrend. If you don't buy it and it does go higher, you feel like a moron. 
but no real trader, no pro trader can buy something that looks like that. It's near impossible. And you know what, folks? In light of the fact that the market really didn't do anything today before I give it a wrap and, of course, pull the ripcord, I want to tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.